You're listening to the Coastal Church Audio Podcast with Pastor Dave Coop. Well, our story from Genesis, the story of Joseph. Joseph is that great character in the Bible that demonstrates the principle of forgiveness and not revenge. Now this verse of scripture from Ephesians, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, that could have been Joseph's life. As a young man he was hated, sold into slavery by his brothers, framed by an immoral woman, sentenced to years in prison for a crime he didn't commit, and he was forsaken by those he helped in prison. You could imagine Joseph being the prime minister. I can take revenge on all those people that did that to me. And when his brothers came down to Egypt, he didn't take revenge. This verse of scripture again from Ephesians, it's for us, it's our scripture. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Now we know that. We can do that. We ought to do that. We're forgiven. Forgiven people can forgive. And if you can't, Jesus will help you. Joseph forgave his brothers long before they asked him. That's your first point. In the Now, I don't know where he got all that from. Where did he get that life from? We know. Where did he get that life from? He didn't have a root of bitterness. That's again the New Testament. He forgave and chose to move on with his life. You know, the gospel is a gospel of forgiveness. It can be no other thing because God is a God of forgiveness. And forgiveness is the most wonderful word in any language. And that you and I should hear this from heaven. That we should have our names written there is this wonderful story of which we're now looking. The upside-down kingdom. You might as well as call it the impossible kingdom. Because nobody can do this for us except God himself, through his Son. Our names are written there. A holy, almighty, sovereign Living God, the God of the universe, the God of creation, of which we've all broken with Him, because all have sinned. He comes to us and asks for no good works on our part and says, If you will agree with me and trust me, I'll forgive you. I'll lift sin, death, and judgment right off us because I'm going to put it on my son. It says, he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we through Jesus might have the righteousness of God for us. For us, Isaiah said, our righteousness is as filthy rags in his sight. Now you look around, you look all over here and look for the most righteous person in this place. Well, Pastor Dave and Cheryl and Atiyah, maybe we'd like to be just like them. Well, it won't work. Our righteousness is as filthy rags in the sight of a holy God. He gives us His righteousness. His righteousness. No wonder we call it an upside down kingdom. It's beyond human rationale. We don't expect this. 
And yet he did this for us. Well, they knew about this in the Old Testament. Micah said, who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity? Jonah the prophet said, I know you're a gracious God. You're merciful. You're slow to anger. You're abounding in steadfast love. He said, I don't like it at all. Because Jonah didn't want to be a prophet. He loved to preach to Nineveh. He loved to see the vengeance of God come down on the Assyrians. And he goes and preaches. And Jonah says, can't figure this out. He said, there's a golden opportunity to get revenge on our enemies and you forgave them. You got the whole thing upside down. Actually, it's right way up. We're the upside down ones. We just get this from heaven. Joseph forgave. He chose to move on with his life. This reflected in the name he of his firstborn son, Manasseh. He means, God has caused me to forget all my toil and my father's house. He'd forgotten. I don't know when he forgot, but over the years he forgot all of that, and we could see God's blessing on his life because he prospered. Now it's been said, that the hardest people to forgive, and we have to forgive, we must forgive. The hardest people to forgive are the invisible people, the ones who've moved away, the ones who've passed away, people who hurt you and have died. Oh, you've moved away, and they're impossible to see them, never reach them. You have to forgive, even if it's only for yourself. You never see them again, forgive. Joseph chose to forgive as an act of faith. It wasn't based on his feelings, although he had feelings. We all have feelings. Forgiveness is not based on merit. They didn't earn it. We don't earn it. We don't deserve it. It's on grace and mercy. James says, mercy triumphs over judgment. James said, if you have judgment without mercy, no mercy will be shown to you. Grace and mercy triumphs over judgment. It's a matter of merit. Not a matter of merit or law. It's grace and mercy. Condemnation is based on the law. That's why when these religious leaders took that woman taken in adultery, they said, well, we've got the law. We've got the sinner, we're the officials, and we've got the stones. And there is Jesus. And when he'd finished, they all left. He had to say to her, where are your accusers? Has no one condemned you? No, Lord. They all walked away. Because Jesus knew that mercy triumphs over judgment. Jesus knew how to lift this whole thing to a new height. They couldn't do it. They didn't know how to do it. New heights, grace and mercy, forgiveness. He can lift you to new heights. He can lift you up to new heights. He'll lift you up to new heights. A new powerful way of living. And he said, I'll give you the power to forgive. Because I'm going to live in you. That's the way we have it. Those Pharisees walked away muttering, saying, well, I can't understand this. 
We had the law, we had the sinners, we got lots of stones. He's turned the whole thing upside down. It's an upside down kingdom. Except in the highs of heaven. It's the right way up. Oh, the wonder of God's forgiveness. Who is that that can condemn you? That's a question in the book of Romans. Who is he that condemns? Who can condemn? The only one righteous man that ever lived. He didn't condemn her. He won't condemn you. Romans says, who can condemn you? Not Jesus. He died for you. He lifted the condemnation off you. You need this. You need this Savior. We need this forgiveness. Joseph did it by an act of faith, grace and mercy. Joseph's brothers were distressed for what they did in verse point three. There's a consequence for not forgiving and there's a consequence for not being forgiven. Carl Manager, the famous psychiatrist, said, if I could convince all the patients in all the psychiatric and mental hospitals, he said 75 of them would walk out the next day. We need forgiveness. Impossible to get, except for the power of Jesus. I'll say it again. Your debt is paid. Have peace. They said to one another, we're truly guilty concerning our brother. We saw the anguish of his soul when he pleaded with us. We would not hear him. Therefore, this distress has come upon us. Let's read that again. And Reuben answered, he was the eldest son. He should have solved the old problem, but he didn't have the, he had the authority. He didn't have the strength. He said, I won't let them do this. Did I not speak to you, saying, do not sin against the boy, and you would not listen? Therefore, behold, his blood is now required of us. Well, we don't think they shed blood. I don't think they beat him up. But they're confessing right there in Joseph, before Joseph. A family secret that they never told the father. All the pain, all the guilt, because of their hatred, their jealousy, and this was worse because they went along with this terrible lie and told their father, see that coat? All that blood? A lie. For two decades, that awful selling of their brother, they try to bury that, bury that, bury that. It's nagging them. It's building. And as soon as it happens, and I would think that every time something happens, they say, ah, oh, it's because we did that to Joseph. All, life, all through their life, they're held in prison of condemnation because of what they did to Joseph. I just imagine a little, little sheep could jump out from behind the bush and say, boo. They say, oh, no. They say, they're so afraid. They're trapped by that. This proverb says, A calm and undisturbed mind and heart are like the life and health for the body, but envy and jealousy and wrath and guilt rottenness to the bones. We need forgiveness, and we need to forgive. And Jesus will help us. Number four, Joseph took the initiative to reconcile. We call this building bridges. Tell you a story of two brothers who lived on farms next to each other. They had a serious conflict. 
They'd farm side by side. They'd shared machinery. They'd shared labor. They'd shared goods. Without a hitch, no problem. Their small understanding became a major difference, exploded into hatred, and they were enemies. One morning a carpenter knocked on the older brother's door and said, I'm looking for a few days of work. Perhaps you have some small jobs. Yes, said the older brother. Look at that farm over there and look at the creek right between us. Last week my brother took a bulldozer. He went up to the river. He dug this whole creek right down here. This was a nice meadow. And now he's built a creek between us so I can't get across and he can't get across. I understand. I want you to build me an eight-foot fence so I can't see it. And I can't see him. So we got the material. We left him for a day. He's building, cutting, sawing. Good job. When the older brother comes home, his eyes wide open, his jaws drop. This car had built a nice little bridge on handrails too, right over the creek. And there comes his younger brother. Arms wide open. He said, brother, 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 if you'll go to this much trouble to make up with me, I love you, I forgive you, I forgive. let's forget the whole thing. And they reconciled. They build a bridge. They said to the carpenter, well, stay around. We have a few more projects. He said, no, I've got to move on. There's a lot of bridges need to be built. A lot of bridges need to be built. We must forgive. God's kingdom is forgiveness. Oh, the sound of that from heaven. You know, it's the greatest thing that ever happened to us. The devil cannot get at God's forgiveness. It's finished, it's perfect, it's complete, it's strong, it's solid, on a solid rock, and the, the devil doesn't like it. He grumbles about it, and he says, you're going to have a lot of trouble with all those forgiven saints around you. But I think that's a big fake. He cannot get at God's forgiveness. Settle that. But he can get at you and make you doubt it. He'll make you think you're not forgiven. He'll pile that guilt on your back and he'll keep throwing things and that stuff's very sticky till you're bent over. You got to settle it. He starts rumors, he starts lies. He cannot get at God's forgiveness. It's perfect, it's complete and you need it. And Jesus paid for it. He took the initiative. Remember what Jesus said? If you do not forgive from your heart all those who have wronged you, neither will your Father forgive you. I don't like the sound of that one. Jesus went like this. I want to tell you how to conduct yourself in these matters. If you enter your place of worship and you're about to make an offering and you suddenly remember a grudge your friend has against you, Abandon your offering, leave it there, go find your friend, make things right. Then, then and only then come back and work things out with God. Jesus is saying this. If you carry in unforgiveness, don't come near me. And the best thing you can expect is a one rotten relationship with your father. Those who receive forgiveness can forgive. Remember the Lord's Prayer, Jesus said, Our Father in heaven, 
Well, anybody who calls God Father must know of his character. Our Father in heaven. Then he went on to say, this prayer, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And it's very difficult to imagine that somebody would pray that prayer deliberately, knowing all the time they're walking around in unforgiveness. Father, forgive me my sins. I've forgiven all those who sinned against me all the time, knowing you hadn't done it. Joseph didn't keep a blacklist of the things he suffered wrong. He didn't try and to get even with his brothers. You know, Peter was talking with the Lord Jesus one day, and Peter did that a lot, and he said some very interesting things. In fact, he said things that's really helped us. He thought, I'm doing well. I'm generous. Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother? Seven times? In one day, seven times? That's generous. The Lord's just going to commend me right now. You're a good guy. Jesus said, how about 70 times seven? You're turning our theology upside down. Seventy times seven. There's no limit, no reckonable limit on forgiveness. There is none. Forgive. 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 Get rid of the pain. Get rid of the debt. Get rid of the poison. Forgive. I read a story of a young man training for the priesthood. He was always torn, bad conscience, always miserable, because he had one besetting sin that he couldn't get rid of. And he'd work hard in the ministry, then he'd fall and slip into that sin. Then he had a, a dream. In that dream, he saw the devil going to the Lord Jesus and saying, why don't you give up on him? He doesn't belong to you. He keeps coming back to me. And Jesus said, no, he belonged to you first. He keeps coming back to me. And whenever he comes back to me, every time I shall forgive him. And he woke up, he never fell again. There is no limit. There is no limit to forgiveness on the divine side. It's us that limits the whole thing. Forgiveness. Love does not demand its own way, keeps no record. Joseph never made light of this offense. He called it evil in verse... Point number six, he didn't take the blame. He didn't say, listen, guys, listen, I know, I know, I know. When we were young, I used to spy on you and send back bad reports to my dad. I'm sorry, I should never have done that. And that coat of many colors, well, we all had coats. We all had coats, right? But mine had a few more colors than yours. I should have never worn it. I'm sorry. And dreams, well, I can't do anything about dreams. Or I wish I should never have told you. He didn't take the blame. He said, you meant it for evil. You meant it for evil. God meant it for good. Didn't treat it lightly. Ernest Hemingway tells a wonderful story of a father and his teenage son. They lived in Spain. Their relationship fell apart and the son ran away from home. After some years, the father began the long search, the long search for his lost and rebellious son. Finally, he puts an advert in the Madrid newspaper. It's his last resort. His name is Paco. His son's name is called Paco. It simply read, Dear Paco, meet me in front of the Madrid newspaper office tomorrow at noon. All is forgiven. I love you. 
Problem is, Paco is a very common name in Spain. <laughs> Next day at noon, 800, 800 people, 800 people looking for forgiveness. You need forgiveness. Write it down, you need forgiveness. They don't take it lightly. You think if God Almighty could have found some other way to lift sin and death and hell off us, he'd have sent his son to that cross? No, he would have devised another way, certainly, in his intimate wisdom. He, there is no other way. He couldn't take it lightly. What's that song we sang? Brad? Amazing love. I've forgotten it. That you, my king, should die for me? Amazing love, how can it be? Amazing love, how can it be? Don't ask me how it can be. I do not know how it can be. I can't explain that. Except the amazing love of a living God and a son who would go to a cross and die for you. You need his forgiveness. You need his forgiveness. You need his forgiveness. Trust him. Joseph dealt with his brothers privately. Well, he couldn't stand it no longer. Out, all of you, everybody go out. He wants to talk to his brothers privately. Three roadblocks Joseph refused to have in his life. One is selfishness. My rights were violated. They should be coming to me and saying sorry to me before I'm going to forgive them. Pride, I forgive them. If I do, I'm not going to forgive them. I'll appear weak. Low esteem. They're better than me. They're stronger than me. I'll live with the pain. They're, only, they're going to do it again anyway. I'll just live with it. You know, there's a young Christian man who lost a valued tool from his toolkit, and he recognized it later on in the kit of a fellow workman. But he was the only Christian at work, so he waits to get the man up privately and said, I see one of my tools in your toolkit, but you must need it so badly, you can keep it. He thought, I better, I better offer him forgiveness. Christians know how to forgive. If we don't, the Lord's going to help us. So he went on for a few weeks and this thief he tried to give him something else for the value of the tool. Equal value. No. Offered him extra services between hours. I'll work after work. I'll work after hours. And then he tried slipping the money into this young man's coat. All this went on, you know. They closed, they closed the whole thing with a lasting friendship. Because he said, the thief said, I couldn't stand being forgiven unless I could do something about it. You cannot do anything about it. You receive it freely justified. Freely it's given to us from heaven. This young man, Christian worker, work it out. Selfishness, my rights were violated. He must come to me. Pride, I won't forgive him. If I forgive him, he'll, appear, he'll think I'm weak. He'll take something else. He's better than me. He's probably going to take something else anyway. No, that wasn't in his life. 
wasn't in Joseph's life neither. He dealt with his brothers privately. You know, we don't even think Joseph... You know, the, the brothers, after the funeral, Joseph's brothers talked amongst themselves. What if Joseph is carrying a grudge and decides to pay us back for all the wrong we ever did to him? They don't get it yet. It's difficult for them to get this forgiveness. And dad's died. You know, we don't think Joseph even ever told their father. Told no one. Our father in heaven, you know, he's not a gossip. He's not a tattletale. Oh, he covers up for you so much. Because he loves you. Joseph's brothers had trouble accepting forgiveness. But you must receive forgiveness. And you must forgive yourself. And then you must forgive others. It's the Christian faith. It's the wonderful thing. It sets people free. You get rid of debt. You get out of prison. Would you do this? And Jesus said, you must do it. I'll help you. You know the song, Jesus paid a debt. I paid a debt I could not owe. No, I owed a debt I could not pay. Right, Dan? You know it? Go. Oh. Come, come and sing it, come on. Can you sing? It's okay, I can't play the guitar, bro. I owed a debt I could not pay. He paid a debt he did not owe. Jesus is looking for you. I'll tell you what is not forgiveness. And it seems there's a lot of little stories about brothers. Two little brothers is going back to young brothers. They were fighting. The mother said, look, you've got to give up fighting. You've got to forgive each other. Now you forgive him. No, I won't. You better forgive him before he goes to bed because tonight he might die and then he's not forgiven and you couldn't forgive him. Okay, I'll do it. But if he's alive in the morning... And here's another one. True story. David, Rabbi David Nelson tells the story of two brothers. They went to their rabbi to settle a long-standing feud. The rabbi got the two to reconcile the differences and now let's shake hands. As they're about to leave, he said to each one of them, Now make a wish for the other person in honor of the Jewish New Year. You make a wish. I wish... For you, what you wish for me. And they go, ah, Rabbi, he's starting again. He still hates me. Because that's what he was wishing. That's not forgiveness. Our real forgiveness is by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Forgiveness brings healing. Forgiveness sets someone free from chains. Gets rid of burdens that for years have been baggage and garbage. We've hated, we've despised, we've begrudged begrudge someone for weeks, months, years. Set them free and find relief. Forgive. Jesus said, go and forgive. Or don't come near me. Hard words. But what's the big deal? It's the most wonderful thing that ever happened. Forgiveness. 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 For us. 
by the very power and price of Jesus Christ. The devil flings a lot of accusations at our Father about us. Always accusing you, always talking about you. Paul said, if God is for us, who can be against us? Well, nobody that matters, but the devil's always throwing accusations. Of our Father, I know what he says. He says, look, don't bother me with those things. I'm too busy justifying my children. I'm too busy loving them and forgiving them. And Don't bother me with that. And Jesus will not condemn you. He died for you. Do you believe that? Will you receive that? It's all free. Free for those who work not, but trust in him who justifies the ungodly. Our faith counts for righteousness. You have a righteousness now that's the very righteousness of the living God. Can't have it better than that. Trust him. Come to him. Be cleansed by him and get new life and start forgiving others and start loving others. He'll help you to do it. I can't do that. He'll help you. He'll help you. It's an upside down kingdom, folks. We'd never figure this one out. Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you would like to download free notes from this message, then visit our website, www.coastalchurch.org. 